Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 131. I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me, we've got a couple of really weird knuckleheads. We got Talas and we got Sarah. What's going on, guys? I'm still not convinced that we're not all dead and in some type of purgatory. You're probably not wrong, but uh, we got a podcast to do, so let's do it. Purgatory Podcast! <laughs> I'm so happy to actually be on the podcast because today I didn't know if I was going to get to because everything went sideways and it was a party. No, we're glad to, that because you Because he did it. weird shit with cars again, right? Because he had to. Listen, you. <laughs> okay, that falls under weird shit. <laughs> My hands are still covered in oil. Yeah, if you if you listened to the pre-show, um, Talos, why don't you fill in the, our podcast listeners as to what you were actually doing before the show tonight? So, uh, my nugget, my new car, all of my parts finally arrived from Singapore, so I had to install them, which makes sense, right? You do an oil change. You pull the sump plug, you pull the oil filter, mm-hmm. you let it drain, and you put it all back together again. Five hours of drilling, of screws, of wood blocks, of three hammers of buying tools, of JB welding a tool to the oil filter. I eventually got the oil filter off that had been on there for about five years. Damn. I got it off completely. Thank God. Filled it with oil. Everything's fine. Put the bumper back together. Everything's fine. And now there's a mysterious ticking noise inside of the car. And so I have no idea how to fix that. But that's a later problem. That's a future me problem. Uh, but the nugget runs, which means that I get to start using it for pizza delivery on Sunday. Yay, pizza delivery. Good stuff as always. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Sarah, what were you up to this weekend? <laughs> uh Sky is still deaf. So that's fun. <laughs> okay. Last week was like there was like about half the week where the air was nice and breathable, and then the winds changed, and a new bit of Napa caught on fire. Mm, lovely. Yeah. But the previous fires are mostly contained, it's just the new one. Welcome to California. Don't worry, you're, you're, you'll, you'll fall off the, uh, the map once the big earthquake hits, so... <laughs> Most of the Washington fires are fine, uh, it's just I look up and I'm like, is it smoke? Is it fire? Is it new fire? Is it old fire? Did the wind shift? Is it overcast? Is it foggy? I have no idea. It was 90 degrees three weeks ago, and now it's pouring down rain to the point of zero visibility. Could Uh, be anything. uh, Your air quality bumped up to moderate, so it's not super great. You're probably getting some of our stuff again. Way to go. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Uh, A friend of mine up in Canada, and not like Vancouver, like Saskatchewan, said that they got some of our stuff. I think it's been messing with some of our, like, the sunsets and sunrises. They've been extremely red the last few days, so. On behalf of California, sorry. We don't like it either. (laughs) But then again, it it could just be the fact that uh, 2020 sucks. I don't know. Uh, It's been a weird year. So that's why I've been working too much and drinking beers, so. Today it's just water, so. In our lovely... Oh. 
Do you know how many Dr. Peppers I've been consuming a day? Too many? Not enough? Yeah, I don't know either. I just know <laughs> that I have to empty the recycling a lot more lately. No, I hear you. Caffeine is good. Keeps you alive. <laughs> Does it though? Well, it, it allows Rockstar you star and Corona sitting on my desk. We're gonna have a good show. Have you oh, have you tried those new Corona um or not Corona the new Rockstar um energy drinks that have three hundred milligrams of caffeine? Yeah, they're great. I know, aren't it they? Feels like such a bad idea. The blue rat. It was awesome. I could hear colors, and I punched God, and then it was eight <laughs> in the morning, and I had been awake for twenty six hours. It was rad as hell. Oh. <laughs> it was a fun. Concerns increasing. Don't How are these legal? How are these legal? <sighs> Legality. Legal oh, also, does anybody need um does anybody need a tape deck? <laughs> <laughs> While I was investigating the ticking noise, I went, well fuck it, I didn't want this thing anyway. So if anybody needs a tape deck for a nineteen ninety-five Mitsubishi Minica, uh email us at podcast at Phoenix Down Radio with the subject line, dumb shit, and we will send you dumb shit. <laughs> Welcome okay, to Car I Talk. I feel like for maximum effect, you should have been wearing a trench coat that you opened up a flap of to show that. And possibly, like, I don't know, some, af some like, chrome rims or something? Uh, it's not that era of car. It is, however, the era of remove your catalytic converter and muffler and replace it with a straight stainless steel pipe that is, like, nine feet long. You get a... Oh yeah, <laughs> tailpipe go burr. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> well, good thing you don't I'm live in California. Sam's soul melts out of his head. It's, it's such a terrible it's, thing. I'm so sorry, I, my friend. Bad enough as is. Don't do this. Well, Sarah's thinking two words: California emissions. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, if, you've ever, if you've ever seen some of the old pictures of Los Angeles, oh my god. There's a reason California has its own emissions standards, and I thought Washington actually matched those now. There are a number of states that are. Yeah. Anyway, enough car talk. This is a Final Fantasy podcast, so let's talk about Final Fantasy. Also, NPR stuff. will totally sue us. I'm mm, um, no, I don't know. Car Talk so is literally is the name a four-seater vehicle that you can acquire at the start of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> that, that you have to push. <laughs> you have to push to start it. God, I forgot about that. Oh, all right. Let's get into some uh, game and community scene. news. Um, let's start off with with a, a sad piece of news. Um, Final Fantasy 14 related. Uh, the uh, and uh, the uh. English voice actor of Onowa, uh, Archie Lindhurst, uh, recently passed away. Kid was 19 years old. Seriously? He was, like, super young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's... Uh, all we know about it is, uh, he, uh, passed away from a short illness. Yeah, the family hasn't said anything more about that. Uh... For those of you who don't quite remember the name of the character, that's the one who was the young assistant to Lord Emmeline de Forton. Yes. And mm -hmm. uh, he <sighs> threw some of the best shade. Yeah. He did. He very much did. Um, I'm trying to remember. What was that? One? There was one line he had talking about uh, how you don't... Uh, um... How does it go? I have to look it up now, damn it. <laughs> 
Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. It's like, real surprise seems to have come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Plenty of speculation, of course, but... When we see, especially, like, we see an actor, we go, okay, yeah, there's a lot of physical stress that happens, and, like, drug use is pretty rampant in Hollywood, things like that. But when we see voice actors pass away, you were like, whoa, that's weird. Like, your well, he job was an actor as well. Cool. Yeah. Oh, is he an actor for, oh, he's BBC. That's he was, right. He was, a, he was a CBBC actor. Um, yeah. So he's got a lot going on, and it's just, it's really hard when we see somebody so young. Yeah. Um, yeah. His father was also a noted actor. Correct. When we see the older people that have been in the industry for a long time, we'd be like, well, yeah, this person's been acting since I was a kid and they were an adult. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, what is he like? His his IMDb record is what? Ten things like he's just starting. So yeah. a sad loss to it the Final is. Fantasy family. Uh, here, here is the uh, quote that I was thinking of. My lord is a gentleman of un- unassailable principles to assail them. After all, one would first need to locate them. <laughs> Classic. Beautiful. <sighs> Kid's gonna be missed. Um seriously. And there was a uh, um a little bit of news regarding patch five point four and patch five point three five. Uh, according to a the recent uh, um what was it, a live cast that they had? Uh Yoshi- whatever they're calling it this time. Live l- I don't know. Like I, I don't think this was a live letter, um, but it might have had to. This may have happened during uh, TGS, but uh, they, they talk about when the next live letter is going to be coming. Um, that's going to be on October 9th. But uh, so this upcoming Friday, I believe. Yes, um, they're saying that they want patch uh, 5.4 to be released in December. And they're aiming for a an October thirteenth release of patch five point three five. So that's that we're getting little... housing. We're getting housing on the thirteenth. Yeah, that would be a week and a half. Yep. Shit. Faster than I expected. Very fast. Well, it it has been a little while, so. Has it? I mean, I can't actually tell anymore. You, yeah. As you say, Sarah, time is meaningless. So. <laughs> But uh, these were all just uh, um, taken out of of that uh, um, live broadcast that they had recently, and uh, this was all translated on the uh, FFXIB subreddit's uh, Discord channel. So links are all available in the uh, the article that uh, we posted from PCGamesN.com. Shoutouts to our translator friends that have made it easier for us to get all this info. It's very, very helpful. Absolutely. And speaking of a Tokyo Game Show, um, one of the things that Yoshida did during that was one of his uh, walks with Yoshida in uh, one of the uh, worlds in Final Fantasy XIV. And, of course, um, our our lovely friend Yoko Taro had to uh, basically throw down the gauntlet and say, Hey, Yoshi, what's going on with 16? <laughs> Dude, Yoko Taro is just like this weird... I don't know if it's on purpose, but it's kind of this oddball to the industry of how they feel like stuff gets done. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see uh, kind of a breath of fresh air of how they're it's deciding to just engage with media. 
It's interesting to see him interact with the OCP. It kind of gives me to feel like these two people who are really good friends, who can, like the type that can just immediately start shit talking each other in front of a crowd and still be just as good friends at the end of it. It's fun. It reminds me a little bit of the relationship that Yoshida has with the uh, um, the Yokai Watch director. <laughs> And of yeah. course, all of this happens over alcohol. I mean, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? Um, so from the article, um, Yoshi says, first off, or it says, first off, Yoshi P mentioned a teaser site for Final Fantasy 16 launching in late October 2020, since they didn't start Three. one yet. Um, Square Enix previously mentioned additional information will be coming in 2021, meaning the teaser site shouldn't have anything. It'll be a teaser site after all. For now, I'll be focusing on the game's development. Uh, next, probably just like that initial trailer video, I guess. Probably, and uh, um, some screenshots from it, things like that. Um, they'll say next, uh, Yoshida mentioned that the uh, Final Fantasy 16 revealed trailer, they wanted to avoid as much as possible, only showing some pre-rendered cutscenes and a logo. Uh, because people would then say, ha ha ha, Final Fantasy 16 won't release till 2035, ha 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 ha. Uh, Yoshi actually saw multiple English comments like that. Um, they anticipated reactions, and that's why they tried to include as much in-game as possible in the reveal trailer. Even though that was pretty difficult, because they hadn't done anything when it comes to optimization or tuning, which means it didn't look as good as it could have. Um, but at the same time, they they learned from Type-0 and mm -hmm. from 15. They yep. were like, we talked about 15 as a follow-up to 13-1, mm -hmm. and... At one point, somebody was like, okay, here's the release date for 15. Here's all the stuff that has existed between when it was announced and now. And it was like, the entire Assassin's Creed franchise. The rise and fall of these five game companies. This presidential term. Like, the establishment yeah. of the Republic of Myanmar. Like, all, like this massive <laughs> amount of shit had happened. Yeah. One game. It was like, guys... Maybe be a smidge farther along before you announce it next time. And the other thing is, for people working in the industry, they will tell you, like, trailers and demos, they loathe them. It's something mm -hmm. that takes away from actually working on the game. You have to have something that looks like a polished enough product, or you get speculation and commentary like the stuff that Klaus mentioned there. Yep. And, like, it just becomes this huge disruptive thing that's more about show off this thing that isn't even necessarily where it is yet and could change. So, like, it's a huge pain in the ass for them, and they hate doing it. And that's there's why. A trailer, there's a trailer for Paper Mario Sticker Star, and I will not say exactly which scene, but the scene, the video for that scene was pulled from a bug report that I submitted. <laughs> wow. So I watched the trailer, I'm like, hey, look, see how that's broken? And people are like, wait! And then I'm like, yeah, no, it's definitely broken. We had to fix it for the final version. <laughs> but, like, my bug video is in the trailer. Because it had footage of the bit they needed, and hopefully no one notices that one bit. It was pretty good. It was a stupid bug. Um, it was Marvelous is good at stats the game and i broke the game very quickly <laughs> um but yeah that's why he's yoshida specifically said we're not going to make one of those polished trailers yeah. we're going to make sure you can see what we're working on and uh get excited for that not for something that's probably not going to even be a part of the game yeah and yoshi p i've said before strikes me as a type of person who doesn't make the same mistake twice so mm -hmm. this seems in keeping with that and, and Yoshi's been a pretty straight shooter overall, so I think that's 
really good for uh, Square Enix, um, especially with his uh, business unit three, I believe he's in charge of. So. It's really refreshing, especially given the way the industry was in terms of communicating with its audience for a very, very long time. Exactly. So and yeah. UCP is like, yeah, that's boring. We're going to communicate with the audience by hanging out with them live in multiple formats and also playing the game. Mm-hmm. What? And, and, <laughs> that's unheard of. And in in doing so, basically becoming a rock star in the uh, in the community. <laughs> and they knew that. I don't think they knew how how heavily it would hit, but they knew that they were going to be doing something different, and they knew it was going to end up with a different result. And it turned out with a very cool result. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and I think that's why they promoted the guy because he he's just doing things right for the he's community doing them for the, for the game. Different enough, but functional. Oh and yeah, that's absolutely that's a hard balance, and he has nailed it so Ab far almost every time. Absolutely. So yeah, lot, there's a lot of things to look forward to. Um, another thing that I had read, um, I didn't find anything really official on this, but uh, there are talks that Final Fantasy 16 will be released relatively soon um, in comparison to what we've seen for other Final Fantasy games. So we're talking 2021, 2022 potentially. I'm saying 2022. There's no way it's going to be out in 2021. My guess would be 2022 as well, but you know, it depends on how much time they've actually had to invest in creating Final Fantasy 16 because um, our, our friend, the guy that rode the bull while getting Atma is the actual director of 16. And he is, uh, the you know, he actually was pulled off of um, 14 after Heaven's Word, I believe. So that would put hit because Shadowbreakers turns two uh in J good june. lord nine months and yeah, june yeah so and we're looking so, three we're looking a little over three years right now well if he was pulled off at the end of heaven's word we had stormblood for two years too dude uh, yeah we're sitting like on a year and a half for each yeah. one yeah two years year two years two years so between we're, we're sitting on three or four years of time and if they've got you know any amount of development done plus with everybody working from home it's like hey maybe we table a few projects focus everybody on one or two things mm -hmm. and start putting stuff out because it's a business they have to make money too they do so yeah that's that's uh a, bit, a little bit more information there like i said we'll have more uh, co uh concrete stuff come up in 2021 um maybe down the road again like we talked about uh when we first announced the game you know maybe we will go over that trailer and uh, you know, watch that, and you know, kind of discuss it live potentially, if, if people are interested in that. So, all right, so that's the uh, game and community news that we have for right now. But uh, so the main event, getting back into our uh, music of Final Fantasy. Um, when I tweeted out this earlier, I said, you know, this is one of the uh, one of the best uh, soundtracks in in the series, and we had somebody comment, "One of, give it up for the goat." <laughs> yeah. WD out yeah. on Twitter, um, actually is a, a host of uh, another Final Fantasy XIV show, Wondrous Tales, so shout out to those guys. Good show. Um, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like I said, this is the greatest, but you know, some people ha enjoy the other ones as well, but uh, <laughs> overall I would people, say... Yeah, are you people gonna say like pe what they like. Mm -hmm. in, in, according to you, sir, they're probably wrong, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. 
Only out loud. Only implied. Anyway, so disc two of Final Fantasy VI starts out with a banger. It's weird that it takes this long for them to get to it on the OSC, because you hear this the moment you go out on the world map for the first time. Opening credits, dude, when you're walking through this after the first little mini cutscene. Is it this and you're walking up the hill. Yeah. I thought it was a slightly different one. It might be. Uh, I do remember the first Distant Worlds I saw, they used this as their final song, uh, where they had the screens playing, you know, scenes from all the games and demos and stuff mm -hmm. to kind of go along with what the orchestra was playing. Right. And at this point, they were playing this, and they had the walking of the mecha, go or the Magitek, going through the snow. And then as they were scrolling in the crazy 16-bit old-school graphics, mm -hmm. it had, thank you to the Seattle Symphony Orchestra, director Arnie Roth, composer Nobuo mm -hmm. Uematsu, and it was the actual credits for Distant Worlds. Nice. running as the Final Fantasy VI credits, and the room was, like, almost in tears. We were like, this is so good! <laughs> for those, so fun. It took, like, hardly any effort to do, but it looked so cool on screen. For those who don't know, this is Terra's theme. Yeah. FF6 is an ensemble cast, so it's difficult to say that there's one lead character, but if you were going to try to choose a lead, Terra's a good candidate for it. Absolutely. Especially the first half of the game being a bit about the start of her story as this half-esper trying to figure out who she is. Uh, having her be like kind of the main world map theme for the World of Balance really fits. I've seen people say, oh, she's the main character for the first half of the game and Celis is the main character for the second half of the game. And asterisks both. <laughs> like, well, actually, but no, that's <laughs> close enough that as a broad stroke, it's perfectly reasonable to say. Well, I mean, there, yeah. there is a reason why Terra is the choice for uh, Final Fantasy VI, like when it comes to, like, Dissidia. She's the character that they they chose for that game. Yep. She's, uh, she's the general representative that they use since they can't bring the entire cast. No, but that being said, if you were playing Dissidia, Duodecim, rest in pieces, <laughs> and your options were like, okay, you can be these 40 Final Fantasy characters or these 10 people from 6. <laughs> like, that's not a good representation of the re of the franchise as a whole. Yeah. And then you're sitting here like, okay, well, now we have to include Vincent and Tifa and Zell and Quistus somehow. And we have to include Steiner. And we have to include Kane and Rydia. Also, I guess we need to do something with the Sasquatch here. How are his battle mechanics <laughs> even going to work? Do we include Palom and Polom, and are they just like the Smash Brothers Ice Climbers, where they're just one character that just does stuff with combos? Like, which would be rad as hell, by the way. You can have that one for free, SE. But, like... <laughs> when Dissidia 4 comes out, if... Palom and Polom are the are just ice climbers. I'm all in. That would be so good. I unfortunately I think uh, Dissidia is basically dead now. Dead. Duodecim was so bad. Or not Duodecim. Uh, NT. 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 Yeah. Duodecim was fine. Duodecim was okay. It was a follow up to the first game. They, they improved a few mechanics. They added a ton of people, but it didn't add anything new. They could have patched the first game if we knew how to patch PSP games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But now it's, yeah. 
is what it is. I, I do hope it lives on as the mobile game that we currently have, because that's been pretty good. Opera Omnia? Yes. I may or may not be running Abyss Perfectum Stratum 3 right now. The uh, timed mission expires tomorrow, and I'm almost there. I still have an unlocked Arden. Anyway, next song. This song plays in flashbacks. This is a long song for for a flashbacks. It's called Coin of Fate. It's also a flashback of two very important characters. Yeah, it's a very important part of uh, how they ended up to be where they're at. This is the scene that uh, uh, with Edgar and Sabin, uh, basically when they flip a coin to see who's going to run the country or who's going to get the uh, um, who's going to be king, and who gets to go out and live their life. Yeah, this is a very good scene. You can hear, like, it's got kind of the, some of the leap motifs of the Figaro Castle theme, which mm -hmm. fitting given the whole setting and all that. I enjoyed the hell out of these flashbacks because I really liked Edgar as a character, despite some of his problematic character design. Um, and I loved Sabin as a character, just absolutely adored him. So seeing that they were brothers and seeing all of these connection scenes, this is kind of one of those plots where you can play through six and follow two or three of the subplots, but not the whole game and get a really cool game. And then the next time you play, you play through or you follow other plots. This is a and lot to a follow. Very different thing. It's such a cool way to tell a story. And this one is one of my absolute favorites is of those two brothers. But it goes it's on. definitely a bit that takes on a different feel of uh, the next time through when you know about the fact uh, that that coin toss has been rigged. Like you see a very different set of inter uh, different li uh, light to the interactions between the two brothers. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one because there's a little bit left on that one. Mm-hmm. Yes! It's the Rave Chocobo theme! <laughs> Techno de Chocobo. Did Techno even exist as a music genre when this was made? Yes, Techno's existed since the 70s, technically. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Rory's saying yeah. that the house music is louder, but I'm not playing the house music in the house. <laughs> I can't up the volume of the music a little bit. There we go. There we go. Oh, man. And this was the first time, and I guess technically last time, like riding the Chocobo with those Mode 7 graphics. I love, like, all of the, like, hijacked Mode 7 bullshit that they did <laughs> for SNES games. The Chocobo the meteor crash in four all of star fox and they're all weird they're all weird but there's oh, so man, much the mind card with the super mario rpg yeah that's a good god oh, god forever. why does everyone think super mario rpg is controversial i liked it it was my introduction to rpgs 
it's really not that controversial when you understand how Mario characters are written by Miyamoto, where they are a cast that play roles in a show that you are playing through. <laughs> That's why they're able to play tennis and then fight each other and then go go-kart racing and then kidnap each other and... And that's why Paper Mario is so delightful. Paper Mario is great. Oh, Wait, was this a Final Fantasy podcast? Yay, Mario. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Techno to Chocobo makes us think Mode 7, which makes us go sideways. It's great. All hmm. right, moving on. This is another one of those uh, sad side stories within Final Fantasy VI. It turns out, like pretty much every other Final Fantasy and most good storytelling in general, lots of the characters are kind of broken and have shit they're working through. Perfect and characters are boring. Huh? Perfect characters are boring. Yep. And this was when we started to get an idea of the depths of Locke's sadness. Yep. This is called Forever Rachel. For those who don't know, Rachel was basically a uh, Locke's girlfriend. Uh, Locke has had a penchant for see, uh, seeing damsels in distress and leading into action to saving them. Uh, especially with Tara, where finding out that she had amnesia at the start of the game, he seemed to react very strongly to swore that he would protect her. And once we learn about the story of Rachel, we start to understand a bit more of why. Yep, and when, you, I, when we understand where people come from, we start understanding their actions and the way they think and the way they operate very, very differently. Like when you see somebody that's very bitter all the time, you go, what caused this? And then you find out and you go, oh, wow. OK, yeah, no, that is why you interact with people in a different way. That's why you're standoffish. That's why you refuse to do certain things. You're very, very determined to do others. Yep. And because the two characters share so many themes, um, this song actually shares a similar melody to Locke's theme. Ties together really nicely. Love the character design of this game, and I love that it's not just outfits, it's not just a motto art, it's music too. Every single piece of these characters makes them so huge. Listening about it, uh, I know we're going to come to the music uh, a bit later in this, but the music for the Phoenix Cave, even though it's based on all this stuff, does it share any elements with this? I kind of feel like hearing it for the first time, thinking a little bit about it. I know that thematically and plot-wise, they're related. It's possible, but I don't know if I just like. We'll encounter that yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> It was just so pretty, we'll let it finish out here. The music is just so damn good. Man, I had this one in my head for ages. <laughs> it's a good song. Mm -hmm. I'll put it in top 20 of all Final Fantasy songs, easily. <laughs> Not oh. top 10, but top 20. It's, it's, it's good. How generous. Now, this is a very different sounding song from the last one. This plays in the in Zozo.
Is this the city where it's pouring down rain? You have to go up the Correct. stairs. Yep. With the tower. And pretty much everyone there lies. Mm-hmm. This is the slam shuffle. I love that they they have the rain in the background of the music. Which is very weird when you're hearing the soundtrack because you're like, I thought that was a sound effect. <laughs> nope, it's a part of the song. <laughs> That's a DVD. <name> to me. <laughs> well, you know what? It's actually smart to do that because it, it, it reduces the amount of resources you're needing. You can put more into the game itself. Yeah, you don't need to pull from two pools at the same time. You can pull from just one. Some of the trickery that they had to get around in uh, the SNES era. Let's go ahead and move on to the next song. <laughs> Opera the House. It's drag. It's so good. Yes. Plays during the auctions. Entrance of the Opera House. I and heard this. Kappa is like explaining. So you have to go to all three of these stories now. Here's how splitting up your party works. Yeah, it definitely has a fit for, like, a tutorial-type sequence. Like, hey, here was a little break from reality while we explained this to you. They kind of expected it would be like a, please stand by. I had to hear like this, this so often when I was trying to get the, uh, the Magicite in the, uh, the auction house. God, why did that guy keep buying all those miniature airships for his kid? How much skill do you have, you asshole? A lot. Enough. Freaking end of the world profiteering bastards. Somebody's got to do it. I really feel. <laughs> Mute. <laughs> Probably for the best. Just a goofy little song. Uh. All right. And after the opera house, we have. The Overture. This is the theme to the opera. I'm so not good. saying I sing along with this every time, but I sing along with this every time. <laughs> All right. Cue the chocobos. <laughs> <laughs> Probably this and the Ari are being the most notable songs within Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. And like the entire idea of having an opera in-game just was so weird and revolutionary. Mm-hmm. But it's so the fact good. that I'm fighting a ghost train and I'm part of a resistance and she can use magic and he's a kink that's secretly a traitor but wasn't because he's two-timing the bad guys I raided a military base and now we're doing an opera like the other stuff at least feels reasonable for this kind of story but performing in an opera? That just felt so out of left field. And also, you're like, okay, we need to do an opera. Why? Because there's this dude. Okay, we want to steal his airship. Cool. Also, who's the best singer? 
and you have this general that's like, bro, are you serious? <laughs> she has to go sing. Because she looks like the lady who's normally the lead. Yeah. Because the guy who's the airship we want to steal has a crush on her and is going to kidnap her. Mm, opera fanatics. Right? Sarah. Uh, don't sing along. It's awful. We learned that with the FF1 episode. It's, it's harder with this one because I know the words. Which set? Oh, uh, the SNES ones. Okay, because yeah, there are two. Because there's SNES, there's the re-release words, there's the ones that they wrote for Distant Worlds, there's the Japanese ones, and then somebody decided to write, like, French ones for some reason. I mean, there might have been a top there might Italian. have been Italian ones, because technically an opera is supposed to be performed in the language of yada yada yada. True. I don't know. There's a lot. So there's a few different ones, but the fact that they managed to try to make some of the words line up for some of the notes is really impressive. And this part's going to be a little long, guys, because the overture, the aria, the wedding waltz, and the finale... Let's see, that's about 14 minutes worth of music that we're going to be listening oh to. <laughs> so I'm going to continue eating my jelly donuts. Some bits of them mm. loop. I think uh, this bit or possibly the next bit, one bit of it loops while you're doing the stuff backstage. So you go, uh, like, getting ready for the big scene. Yeah, this might actually be the looping part. Not mm. quite. It's a bit that goes... But they might I sang along to a lot of this. They may not include that in the soundtrack version, though. Mm. Hang on. This would be where it comes in. Misspent youth. Well, then let's go ahead and move on. Well... <laughs> Let's jump to the aria. Hey, hey! You gotta set the mood. You gotta romance the opera. I don't know what I'm talking about. Such beautiful music, though, for a video game. Yeah. I think this was one of the things that really started challenging a lot of those perceptions of what video game music was and could be. I love how they tried to uh, synthesize the voice. <laughs> but can you imagine sitting in a office in 1994 in Shinjuku and being like, hey, we're going to do this. And people go, oh, that'll be kind of cool. Not realizing the gravity of what you're about to unleash <laughs> upon the world. <laughs> Be like, hey, by the way, music is actually important in games. Oh, shit. Hey, by the way, DDR exists. Excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, Parapar exists. Oh, so does Guitar Freaks and Keyboard Mania and Drum Mania and Rock Band and Parappa the Rapper. Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> and like, oh, God. It turns out that music resonates with people. Who the fuck it? Remember when Qbert was like the peak of video game soundtracks? <laughs> And now we have Final Fantasy XIV and Persona, and this game is the game we're listening to right now is from 1994, 95, 94. something like that. 
a long time ago, and it still sounds incredible. 26-year-old game. And the things that the uh, community has done with uh, remaking and uh, just making tributes to all of these different songs. Yeah, this fabulous. is a really affecting scene. Well, I mean, and not just this scene or, or the opera in general, but the whole game. I mean, OC Remix has a couple of entire albums that are just uh, the community uh, redos of these uh, these iconic songs. I went with uh, Bannon and uh, a few other friends. We all ended up at Final Fantasy concerts on the drive home. We were just like, I can't put into words how video game music makes me feel. It's a strange, strange medium to pull music from. And yet, here we are. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's something where you're participating in the story. That affects how you process it in a big way. I had to learn the lyrics to this, sort of. You know, I had to memorize, like, first option, second option, first option again, or whatever. But mm -hmm. I had to read through text. I had to learn words <laughs> to a song that I had never heard, and then hear the song, and then fight an octopus. All in, like, five minutes. That is a big-ass day. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of stuff to do. And there's this whole story that we know is fake, right? We know it's a story. Well, it's not fake. It's a story that's being told on stage. Mm -hmm. And the way that Celis is having to act, the way that all the other actors are acting, the way that the song portrays itself when you hear the full lyrics of multiple vocalists, there's an actual story that we only see a really tiny window of. This opera is massive, yep, and let's... we see a very small section of it just for our little portion of it, and it's still that impactful. Yeah. Continuing on with the wedding waltz. I mean, I think wasn't the first uh, um, Stage Reborn uh, performance yep. actually uh, the Maria and Draco? Yes, it was. And you can still find it on YouTube. Definitely, definitely check out A Stage Reborn on YouTube. Um, they're amazing people. If you've never heard of them, uh, good. we've waxed poetic about them before, but we've had them on the show. On the show. They've been on the show. We do. They do plays and they have done Maria and Draco. They have done. I, I want to be, be your canary. canary. Final Fantasy nine. They have done Shakespeare plays. Mm -hmm. They have done short form plays. Mm -hmm. They've done a bunch of incredible stuff. And the fact that they can build sets Oh, that behind-the-scenes that we got was amazing. Yeah. The, the fact that they could build sets. Um, there's a scene coming, uh, I believe it's during this part, uh, where there's a duel. Yeah. They actually have two paladins duel each other. Dueling yeah. is not a mechanic in Final Fantasy XIV. Unless you're, in the, unless you're in the dueling square. <laughs> and now the invasion like I could tell the entire story of the opera here but yeah, the, uh, most of us can most yeah. of us can this is a bit where the wedding is being crashed by forces from the opposing side including the return of Maria's lost love Draco 
Now, if you listen to the, like, the official, uh, one, in the game, I'll... Oh, <laughs> so you have everyone sings at each other a bit. The Eastern Prince gets in on it, and he's the tenor for this. <laughs> Watching Sarah's hilarious. Thank God for cameras. I'm happy. I was gonna say I'm loving the hell I know. out of getting to watch you nerd the fuck out. But it's amazing. It's a choir experience. It's hard not to do something. I don't know why, I just didn't like it, so I don't have the same attachment. <laughs> but so yes, and uh, erupts into the climactic duel. Meanwhile, we have to deal with an octopus up in the rafters who has decided he wants to fuck up our day in revenge for all the times we beat him up. And so while the drama plays out below, we are having to work our way through the rafters. Man, there were so many ways that the opera sequence could go wrong, and then you'd have to start it again. And after enough times, you just got a game over because Setzer figures out that, the, that something is up. <laughs> I actually I'm got sorry, through it the first time. you have failed to sing and make calamari. You have now lost Final Fantasy VI. I mean, what? we really needed that airship. We did. I think this is just a little bit more repeating stuff at the, as we're fighting. Yes, this is pretty much a thing that cycles through as you're running around. At some point you get a time limit in all that because the octopus is gonna drop that weight eventually. Alright, let's go ahead and go on to the grand finale. And now we have a somewhat operatic battle theme. <laughs> You had to bring yours out too, huh, Talas? Yeah. <laughs> there are any other ones? I didn't see any. <laughs> I mean, and there aren't very many uh, um, outfits for uh, Final Fantasy VI characters right in the game. I mean, you, people have made some pretty interesting uh, glamours using uh, other existing, but. Uh, if you're watching us live here at twitch.tv slash Radio, you'll see I am actually wearing the gambler's outfit. Which is Setzer's uh, jacket, and the specific one that we have in 14 is based very heavily on the Amano artwork. Yes. that That's one that's interesting to see in uh, the Dissidia Opera Omnia, where they've got alternate costumes for a lot of the characters, and for the Final Fantasy VI crew, it's whether their costume is based on the Amano artwork or the in-game portrayal. Yep. The Dissidia alternate uh, Terra, her hair is blonde instead of green. <laughs> we had to get three of them out. <laughs> oh, I switched to Ultros. Oh. Can't is see them, unfortunately. Ah, hang on. He's hiding behind your portrait. But yeah, so this one has a frenetic battle against Ultros. I know that technically it's Orthros now, but it's Ultros. It's all, all it'll always be Ultros. Uncle oh, Ulti. Like, it's the type of thing where like, retranslating it back properly sort of thing. Oh, uh, okay. 
there's certain things about those retranslates in games that I just go, oh yes, cool, you've made it better, and sometimes it's like, no, the misspelling was part of the joy of it. Okay, butts. <laughs> butts, Wyburns. Yeah. Um, something somebody pointed out for Frog from Chrono Trigger was, name one other person in 600 that talks like Frog. I'm like, okay, nobody. And they're like, right, so it was dumb. So they changed Frog's dialogue to talk like everybody else. Problem is, is now Frog doesn't talk like a dying. So like, yeah. you kind of lost some of the flavor of the English translation. So whatever you change something, understand that you lose a little bit every time you change it. Every right. localization decision is a decision. You can have a lot going on with it. All right, I think we can yep. move on to Setzer's theme. And this is also the uh, theme for Inside uh, the Blackjack and the Falcon. The so you hear this. Correct. Yeah. So you'll hear this a fair bit. Yep. And, and it has that airship feeling about it. It's very much like you're flying through the air. That soaring, adventurous, climactic. Yeah. If anybody's seen the rock, Disney's The Rocketeer, it's kind of that like big booming sound that's going into the climax of the story, but you get to do it all the time because you have an airship and your Final Fantasy characters. <laughs> we brought a child with a paintbrush and an abominable snowman. Let's do this. Also, a guy, girl, we're not sure what. They're under a lot of robes and they keep just doing what we do. They keep doing what we do and also there's a ninja who asked if we would keep all of the swords and has been throwing all of the swords. It's been pretty neat. Final Fantasy is weird, guys. It's great. It's just that while I don't really like Brent Black's music style, uh, one of the songs he did was Final Fantasy. He explained it as a mage, a knight, a weird little kid, and a ninja master. And I'm like, well, shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically accurate. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> this is. Did you just say Ultra Spooky? Have you not seen that? I have, but oh my god, why? <laughs> I I had eliminated that from my brain, and now it's back. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. Johnny Seabad. Because it has got the name alone. Yes. Gee, I wonder where they got the inspiration for this song. Oh yeah. This is the theme of the Dragon's Neck Coliseum. And pretty much any time there's wild licentious activities going on, I think it plays in the bar at South Figaro under Imperial occupation. Because those Imperial soldiers are having themselves some fun. How's oh, the jelly donut there, Talis? <laughs> oh, it's going awesome, dude. My jelly donut is made with raspberry. <laughs> it's bacon onigiri for anybody keeping track at home. Nice. If you don't know what the jelly donut joke is, then I'm not sure what to do with you at this point. Cultural touchstone right there. Are they going to bring you hot dogs next? <laughs> for dessert? I have a hot dog from Tokyo Station every time I leave Japan. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't 
say about this one. It's like fun. It's silly. It's a, it's a very much a there's good time revelries going on. Yeah, because a lot of the good times are about to end. This is an awesome song. Mm-hmm. The Gestal Empire, the Empire of Gestal, whatever it's called specifically. Mm-hmm. And as the name implies, this is the theme of the Gestalin Empire. They play it when they're showing the Empire like assembling or invading, or yep. they'll do the like sepia tone flashback scenes, and they'll play this over it with dialogue at the bottom to kind of give you some sort of context as to what's happening. As well or as all the time when you're in Vector. Yeah, yeah in Vector. Yeah, yes. or just, you know, welcome. Everything sucks. Good luck. It's definitely Why are you ominous. Plagiarizing my speech for our vault library volunteers. <laughs> but yeah, um, De- Vector, when you first go there, like you are not welcome there. You are sneaking into the seat of the Empire's powder power. Powder? It's one of those places <laughs> where the inn is free, and that instantly makes you suspicious. How well the music is able to set the theme while you're playing the game. It's just... You don't feel comfortable listening to the music, and you shouldn't, because everywhere it's playing, you should not feel comfortable. The chance of you dying is higher when this music is playing. Being put in some type of vat and analyzed. Nope. I want none of that. Nobody said you had a choice. <laughs> For the yeah. glory of Emperor Gestalt. Woof. Oh. Which is funny because in, in, in Final Fantasy XIV, Gestalt is a little dog. <laughs> well, because a lot of people thought that the sprite also looked kind of like a dog. And this, he did. Yeah. Huh. I'll go ahead and bring mine out. Well, he's oh, hiding yeah. in the couch. He'll oh. probably wander out at some point. There he is. Oh, yeah. This needs more remixes. This is the Magitech Research Facility. Or known as the Devil's Lab. This scary part of the game when you're first getting Magitech. When you're first getting magic sight, I should say, where you're learning where the power comes from, and you find a very, very broken Ifrit, and you find a very, very broken Shiva. And you see Kefka shoving them down into the garbage chute at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see them dying, and then you fight them, and you're like, wow, these things are tough, and these are when they're dead, and then it's like, our power is yours to use, please fight back, or whatever, and they're like, Oh god, okay, I have this power that you spit fire, and you're like, oh, that's not that great. And then 45 battles later, you're in there throwing a flare at somebody's face. And it gets fun. It was an interesting system, you know, having to level up the Magisites and getting new spells every time you uh, were able to get enough AP. 
it definitely had some flaws. Some of the uh, remakes and ROM packs I've seen take that, rebalance it, make it... Because it became something where your character growth also depended on which experts you had. And it was in a way that you could end up being a little bit troublesome. Yeah. But the general idea of being empowered by and infused with the essence of this magical creature was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it changed the entire game at that point. Once you had uh, Magisite, you were able to uh, increase your strength. You could uh, level faster. You had more magic power. You could uh, run faster or attack faster. It was amazing. You know, if you got the right set of Magisite set up on somebody, you it was especially when you everybody learned Ultima. Yeah, you could set like this. There's like solo lock speed runs or whatever that still take like 14 hours or something. But Locke has like no armor, the Genji glove, the power glove, two mithril swords, Ifrit, and like Rama or something. And you're doing like 16 attacks a turn and you have 255 attack at like level 40 or something. It's just nuts. It's so fun to see. Yeah, that in fact, the thing where you go and teach everyone Ultima is the reason for a lot of those ROM hacks changing it. One of the ones that I thought was most interesting limits which espers uh, and thus which spells each person can use to give them slightly more defined roles. Because otherwise, at the end of the game, it was like, okay, I've got 11 people who can cast Ultima and also Umaro and Gao. <laughs> yeah. Have Gogo. Realm, Umaro, Gao, and eight people that I can play with. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> hey, Realm was, Realm was fine in some of the later releases where her thing wouldn't actively corrupt your save files. <laughs> you want to talk gambler? Realm was the gambler one. Use her sketch and see if your save got wiped or if you just got 255 Illuminous Swords. Hey guys, Final Fantasy, it's a party. Sometimes Woo! it works right, sometimes it doesn't. Programmed by Nasir. Good job. Next song. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say it. This sounds like the opening to an infomercial. You don't like this one? It's not bad, it just sounds like the opening to an infomercial. I'm gonna disagree with you there, but it's just... It, because I, I just hear the airship theme, alright? This is the airship blackjack. Frying pan? Did you know that for twenty nine ninety nine, we'll send you a frying pan with a Phoenix Down logo on the bottom? No, see, I still saw heard as the airship music. It's just the airship is soaring off to the sky to your timeshare in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that's don't the best tease us with the good time, sir. Say again. Right now. I want to go to all that timeshare in Hawaii. Come on. With the yeah. times the way they are, you're a terrible person for bringing that up. <laughs> a friend of mine's job for like a year plus was working for a company whose entire existence was getting people out of timeshares. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm happy that it sounds like he was doing good work. At the same time, I'm sad that that needed to exist. Yeah, she, uh, she peaced out from that shop to go work at Amazon, which was also a trash fire. But at least you didn't have to deal with the nonsense. <sighs> All right, <laughs> speaking of other nonsense. What? <laughs> that little, <laughs> I love that. 
little insert music in the middle of the episodes of the harem animes that you have to that you play during the confused parts. <laughs> this song That's is called. What this song is what? Literally the name. Nani. I think. Nani. What? Like, not necessarily confused, but just like the slightly exacerbated what? <laughs> oh God! What now? Come on, this we is want how Esper's work. Hell. Nani the fuck? <laughs> oh god, what now? Hey Bim, guess what? Hey Bim! <sighs> I remember this playing a fair bit with anything to do with Gao. <laughs> Which I suppose that was the reaction that a lot of the others had to his nonsense. Oh god, now what? He spit a missile out of his nose. Yep. Fuck it. Yeah, that's Gao. <laughs> that's Gao for you. He's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Give him some beef jerky. He'll be alright. Ooh, ooh, Gao. Mr. Thou. Mr. Thou. 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 Mr. Thou. All right. Wolfie's translation was amazing, and I won't hear anything to the contrary. Speaking of interesting character themes. <laughs> oh, it's our old friend, Cripper Trigger for Critter Tripper Fritter, shut up, Talos. <laughs> I think yes. I could see you winding up. <laughs> I think loudly. It's fine. Zote in the chat. My name is not Mr. Thou. Thou, thou, thou. one of our favorite characters, Koopo. <laughs> Yeah, we've got our classic Moogle theme, only punched up a little bit. Also, Zote the One True God, that's a rad Twitch name, dude. <laughs> Damn, nice. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it sometimes stays on rails. Today is actually doing that for the most part. It's weird. Well, it's because we have amazing music to talk about. It's true. Sarah, quick, talk about food. Green cherries? Oh my gosh, I learned a little bit about green cherries. Well, how about okay, the fact that mind. Soul is a part of the uh, <laughs> Babish uh, 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 cinematic universe or culinary universe? <sighs> yeah, we are now part of the Babish culinary universe. Yes, I love hey. how he renamed that. It's amazing, actually. He hired Sola. He's like, yeah, Bon Appetit's dumb. Come work for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna like, we're gonna oh. make you uh, cook things based on what a wheel does. <laughs> it's perfect. We're, for we're gonna spin a wheel and and then you're gonna do whatever we say you to do. <laughs> this is just the world we live in now. Yeah. Sorry. Or possibly the afterworld we live in. I'm still unconvinced. All right. Anyway, that was enough of a uh, side trip there as we listened to it's the Moogle. Mog theme. It's Moogles with a little bit of attitude and sass. It was good though. I like it. All right, and we get actually this is the uh, the the stretch of themes because next Yeah, after being introduced to that music like we hear a lot of those various themes as we, uh, Town themes and like as we go from place to place so the new music ends up being as new characters get introduced Yep, and this is Strago's theme But it also plays in Thamasa I mean where Thamasa we find is Pretty much Strago's place. Yep, that's the the town of, of magic. Yep. 
the town of very concealed magic because these are the survivors of from or the descendants of the survivors from the war of the magi who know just how poorly the world will look upon their kind and, and they so, know what oh, go ahead say zote yes i agree um aria de mezzo catere was one of the most memorable tracks i i, I slaughtered yep. that but eh. we know what we're talking about <laughs> Aria de Mezzo Carantere. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that, like... Because Thamasa is a place that's clearly hiding a secret, and I feel like that's something that this music conveys well. Definitely. Oh, there's nothing to see over here! <laughs> there sure is a little kid casting fire on the bushes. No, that's not happening. Nothing to see you over there! See that? <laughs> but you know, when we once we meet Strago, we also have to meet his granddaughter. The real gambler, as Sarah calls her. <laughs> it's interesting to have this like gentle, sweet, especially this bit that comes. I don't know if those are supposed to be like bagpipes or something. Not quite bagpipe, but something similar that reedy tone but it has this very like yeah, there's this I... quality to it that's like gentle and makes you a little bit homesick which is in very stark contrast to the sassy attitude of the actual realm yeah but it <laughs> This has to be one of the themes that does not fit with its character. <laughs> At least as we initially see her. We do, uh, over the course of the game, especially when we have, like, uh, Realm rescuing, uh, the Strago from the Cult of Kefka Tower, uh, we see the softer side to her, we see that beneath that snarky, abrasive exterior, there's someone who really does care. Someone who is still a little kid and putting on a brave face for it. Definitely. Enough so that Edgar is like, makes a comment about keeping track of when she turns 18. <sighs> That's not it's problematic. Edgar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Edgar, why did you have to... Like, that was one of the ones that I'm glad that Wolsey softened it, because especially if the original line were to play today, that goes over a lot more poorly. There's certain stuff that you have to just go in with the uh, the old Warner Brothers uh, stamp on the front and be like, this was inappropriate then, and it's inappropriate now, but we were really dumb. But changing it is disrespectful, so here it is, be forewarned. And hello, nurse! Oh god, yeah, no. There's no way that we could run out of um, anymore. What, are we talking about? They're bringing them back. Yeah, I wonder what they're doing with that. Also, I remember going to a convention of some sort where for one of the panels, I saw a whole bunch of, like, Warner Brothers and I think maybe a couple Disney cartoons from around World War II that were produced for viewing by the troops. Oh my. Yeah. Porky Pig dropping F-bombs was the tame part. <laughs> I might need to visit but our but 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 video fuck off, archive. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right. And there's also some deeply racially offensive stuff because World War II. 
Oh god, yeah. Alright, anyway. Let's get back to this. This is the final song of disc two from Final Fantasy VI. And this is a very emotionally like, charged take, scene as well. This is the Esper world. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just say this is the Esper world when we uh, get to that gate or in the scenes when uh, we see Terra inside the world. Yeah, that flashback in the S4 world as well. Mm -hmm. I believe the Phoenix Cave also is. Like, this is yes. a place where you have ventured beyond the bounds of the mortal world. Yep. Here, mystical things lie. Yep. Well, I mean, there's a reason, why, you know, that uh, Locke wants to get to the Phoenix Cave, but... Uh... Yep. But he can't quite let that on yet. Yeah. And in fact, that's something that's mentioned even in the world of balance, like it's hinted at a few times. Mm -hmm. That he's searching for this supreme treasure. And you've got that... I'm not sure what instrument that's supposed to be simulated, but like that kind of high-pitched thing blending throughout. you got those and like the lower harp notes going. It's an interesting contract. I wish I knew more about music. I've I, been thinking of taking some more music theory classes. I mean, like, I can kind of play ukulele. I really like my ocarina. That's about all I got. I have a concern. Several years of choir. <laughs> no, I guess I have, I have many years of band, many years of choir. Um, yeah. Lots of piano lessons. Yeah, like it almost I've mentioned this for a couple of the other songs but this seems like one where it comes again with the, you have this thing that's almost like a siren voice beckoning you further we saw that in the Phantom Forest as well so it seems to be kind of this recurring thing of having these places beyond the ken of man and having something that's like drawing you deeper in for this world that magic had disappeared from and that it's slowly returning to it's kind of this recurring uh, thing they have within it so even though you're like making your way across lava pools, really uh, deadly monsters, all sorts of traps in the uh, dungeon area, but still something drawing you further and further in. That's disc two, folks. <sighs> and we're only uh, really about. That's about. I suppose that's about two thirds of the way through the story because the world of ruin isn't all that long. Yeah. I mean, story-wise, but I mean, you can spend a lot of time there, you know, leveling up characters and things like that, but... Uh, there's all sorts of side quests and things like that available as well. Yeah, I mean, you need to to, to gather up the, the, the band again, basically, but, uh, you know... And maybe get some super powerful weapons and magicite. Yeah, battle some dragons. Yep. I mean, there's a lot to do in the world of Ruin, but I mean, to actually advance the story, it's not all that much. But uh, right, you can clear the game with three, like the moment you get the airship. Yeah. So there's actually a couple of things in Final Fantasy writing that uh, six really hits on. Uh, one of them is pacing in Final Fantasy one. The first as soon as you beat the Earth Cave, people are like, oh, cool. I have four crystals. I'm a quarter of the way through the game. Beating the Earth Cave is the halfway point of the game. Hmm. Honestly and truly. And it's like, 
how it's like you just have to go to each place you have to buy an item at one point and then you do a final dungeon and you're out you don't have to do anything anymore you don't have to grind anymore you literally just get there and in four when you become a paladin you go oh cool i met like a big critical part of the game it goes actually you're like five percent of the way into this game like you're nowhere you haven't done anything yet you're barely out of the prologue and it's it's something that final fantasy games are very good at is not letting you know how far you are in the story until the story starts to close around you and you go oh shit where am i and six is one of those oh cool we're in the world of ruin we might be a third of the way in we might be two-thirds of the way in and then you go oh god what do you mean i only have three hours of gameplay left if you're, um, if you're hauling ass, like it's probably yeah. more than that, but like yeah. probably more than that because like you're going to spend time on side quests. Uh, yeah, if your yeah, name is Poexel, you got about three yeah, hours. If you're Poexel, <laughs> you have like an hour and a half when you get to World of Ruin. That dude is a beast. Yeah, Final Fantasy VI, I believe in the original development, uh, like with Tabasa, there's a whole thing where it seems like it's the ending and then it's like, oh no, fake out. There's more stuff happening, Kefka attacks. But that was, a ri- like in the very original designs, that was drawing to the end. Kefka does attack, but then you like take the fight to him and you end it there. The entire World of Balance thing was something that they did not, or the World of Ruin thing was not something they intended originally. But it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also uh, is one of those things that showed up a uh, lot in SNES uh, games. Alt-world finishers. Well, I mean, yep. most of the Final oh, Fantasy games had. A, sorry, I was going to say most of the Final Fantasy games within there had an alternative world. Final Fantasy three, um, Final Fantasy five, four. Final Fantasy five gave you two. Yep. You had three world maps in four. One was the moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like go all over the place. But yeah, six is very good at not really telling you where you are in the story. And because you get so many characters so consistently, you're like, I don't know. In most games, I have my entire party by the first three or four hours. Whereas six is like, okay, here's this person. Well, who the hell is this? (laughs) And it's like, oh, well, I have more stuff to do. And then you get to the next person. Who is this now? What does this person do? I have an airship. I already have a paintbrush girl and an old guy. What is this robed figure? Why do I have a snowman? Oh shit, Shadow hasn't left ever. Like, <laughs> all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, where am I in the story? Terra's gone, and I'm still acquiring other characters. I could still be in chapter one for all I know. And you've been playing for, tw- for 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy VI is a good time. They designed that game very, very well. It's a good game. If you haven't played it, it's available everywhere. I mean, basically any platform, iOS, Android, Steam, uh, PlayStation, Switch, um, Xbox. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Go get it. I just picked up an NES copy of Final Fantasy. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, my God. I've been playing Enhanced Vanilla from the randomizer sites where you could just buy stacks of items and stuff, and boy, did I not... <laughs> did I not remember how bad FF1 is? Most of the spells don't work. Evasion doesn't work. Um, it's isn't a party. There, isn't there one that's like a mute for like anti-mute that literally has no actual use because nothing ever tries to silence you? Yeah. But like a fire 
technically doesn't look like it does anything, but in the actual code of the game, it's like one of the most broken spells because you can basically just, if you double cast it on somebody, they're like immune to fire permanently until end of battle. Nice. But you have to have like two white pages late game for it to work. <laughs> so it's oh, really so you, hard to get there. So you're saying that you should be doing the four white mage challenge. Easy. It's actually not that bad. It is doable. Yeah. It takes about 10 or 15 hours, but it's doable. <laughs> well, you just give one of them a Masamune, because that's also definitely intentional. I will say, throwing Blink, Protect, Masamune, having a, bl having a Black Mage or a Red Mage or both, throw um, Fast and Temper on your White Mage, and having your White Mage hit for 65,596 damage is freaking rad as hell. <laughs> It takes a lot of work, but it's totally worth it. All right. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Yes, actually, there's one thing. Um, so as all of you are aware, uh, I love the crap out of this podcast, and I do continue showing up most of the time, but from random locations because I'm always busy and always traveling. <laughs> it's not that you're a nomad, but you're a nomad. I'm definitely a nomad. I only own six shirts. Actually, I own like 14 shirts. That is twice as many shirts as I need. I thought you got but... rid of half of them. <laughs> I did, and I still have 14. That's why I need to get rid of more. So, on the 17th, my new, newly appointed assistant manager is terrible at writing schedules, and he did not know I was unavailable on Saturdays. So, I am working, and that sucks. There's nobody that I can trade with, and the other option is to just simply not go to work. But he didn't know that I was supposed to work full-time in five days, so he gave me part-time in four days. And if I don't show up for one of those days, um, I like money and food. So that's a problem. Yeah, and Saturday so nights are good for pizza delivery. So so I have to skip two weeks from now. Um, I'm going to try to get off as early as I can. I might be back for the last 40 minutes or something of the show, but let's be real. I'm going to be coming off for work. I'm going to look like crap. I'm going to feel like crap. I don't know how I, useful I'll be. Take the night off if you need it. That's fine. So yeah. uh, the 31st is Halloween. Um, for those who celebrate holidays, enjoy. Uh, for those who don't celebrate holidays, enjoy anyway, because it's Saturday. However, Halloween is hands down one of the busiest pizza nights of the year. Um, it is up there with Super Bowl. And my manager straight up pulled me into the office yesterday and asked if I would work Saturday, even though he knew it was one of my weeks that I couldn't. And I said, dude, it's Halloween. I think it kind of has to take priority. He goes, OK, when do you want to be here? And I said, I'll be here as early as you'll take me. And he goes, I can get you off early, which means 8 p.m. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. Like, <laughs> if I'm going to be here. Just have me be here. So I might be working like noon to close i have no idea so i will be skipping the next two podcasts so two weeks from now and four weeks from now i will not be here and for some of you you're celebrating for some of you you're sad uh either way tweet at me at tells marvelous that's fine what were you gonna say sir klaus i appreciate that you noticed what i was doing there so tell us more about your manager getting you off early oh yeah <laughs> as as quickly as humanly possible Oh my. At least it's better than the counter people. Oh my. There it is. I knew it was on the board somewhere. <laughs> I forgot so, which button it was. So I won't be around for the next couple of shows, but I will be back in November uh, where we will be. I think I'm going to push off um, the start of the Final Fantasy VII um, soundtrack until you're back. So we'll next podcast, um, 132, we will be finishing up with uh, disc three. Of the uh, oh. 
Final Fantasy VI. Then we'll take a week off of the music. We'll discuss something else, and then we will... Like maybe Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. No. <laughs> so two, uh, four weeks from now is going to be Halloween. So... Yeah. Who yeah, knows? We, we may not even have a podcast that day. Who, you know, it all depends. I mean, if we'll do it Friday or Sunday, we could do something like that. Spooky shit will happen. It'll be great. Maybe. Spooky shit's great. So I'm going to take the next couple of podcasts off, but I will be back. Um, if you guys want to harass me or follow me with all of my stupid car stuff, you can find me at Marvelous Tofu on Instagram, uh, where I post pictures and lives of dumb things I'm doing to this nugget. It should be an interesting uh, story to watch, so definitely check him out. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and throw your shout-outs in at this point, too? <laughs> uh, shout-outs to Oxygen. I miss you. Come back. All is forgiven. And clean ink, just regular clean air. Yeah. Uh, shout-outs to Candace, the foster kitty that we've had for the last week and a half or so. Uh, apparently, I'm really good with cats because she loves me and wants to sleep on my bed now. She also like headbutts me for pets, but she headbutts everyone for pets. That's adorable. like not even like the normal walk up and headbutt, but like the I am excited to see you full on charge headbutt. <laughs> no pictures yet because the click of the camera shutter scares her. She's yeah. so cute. And where can people uh, find you? You can find me on Twitter at ff 14 sare That's f f x i v s e y r r. Oh man, I should post the uh, gallery of the kitten pictures from the previous set. People yeah. would like that. Yeah, you can People put that like in, cat pictures. Put that on on in the Discord. Uh, we should put a link to that. Do we, yeah. Uh... yeah, I threw it on the Discord, which is the easiest place to get a hold of me and be like, Sarah, we want cat pictures. And I'll be like, I have cat pictures. <laughs> Let me tell you about cats. And then like three hours later, they're so fluffy. All right. And oh I'm, my god, cats are amazing for getting through a pandemic. And I'm going to throw shout-outs to these two knuckleheads. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. Um, e even though, Talas, you have terrible taste. Wow. He's Shots muted. Fired. He's muted, but... Uh, <laughs> this is in regards to our... Uh, um, <laughs> the, 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 the new channel that I made in the, in the Discord. Our uh, um our food channel, oh yeah, and and I christened it with my beautiful um apple cinnamon brioche French toast with hand whipped Man, maple just, whipped cream, and he's like, you were just cruel, Talas. That looked you, good. It was and I was amazing. just completely indifferent because I can't stand French toast. He was an asshole. <laughs> I was completely indifferent. What and, are you talking about? And you know what like, I did the next week? You know what I did the next week, Talas? I made I made cinnamon or no caramel apple French toast. So fuck you. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, this time yeah. I just, Texas toast. You know, couldn't find any plain brioche, but I I used Honeycrisp apples and uh, caramel drizzled over the top. It was so good. But, yeah, your full comments about it when prompted were it's toast. <laughs> And Sarah, Again, that, indifference. That is all I had for you. I mean, there was technique. There was technique involved. I mean, this was um, custard-style French toast, not just that thin shit you get at the diner, you know. I don't think he's going to care. No. Nope. E e e e 
Senpai didn't notice me. Sorry, man. It's it's one of those dumb things where like yes, it's a perfectly good food. Like my ex loved the hell out of it, and I was just like, it's not something that interests me. But I also really, really hate chicken cordon bleu. I really can't stand jalapeno poppers. I don't like stuffed food, by the way. That's a weird thing about me that I noticed a few years ago. Um, figs are awful. Like, just oh. there's lots of little random things that I just hate for no have fucking you, reason. Have and you I can't not tried, why. like, uh, um, prosciutto-wrapped figs? You get that uh, sweet and, and salty with yeah. it? It's really good. No, when, when we had the social distance picnic a couple weeks back, there were figs, there were prosciutto, we wrapped the one around the other, and it was amazing. Right? That was, like, one of the few weekends where, like, my mood got up. Like, I've been rated on a scale of 1 to 10. I rarely go above a 7. For that entire weekend, I got up to a 10. Hey, Sarah, I'm, I'm starting to discover that I think Talos isn't as cool as we thought he was. <laughs> we still love you, buddy. We still love I'm you. Sorry, I don't like your breakfast food. I also don't like waking up before like noon 30. So like breakfast food is kind of you know, that, that's what brunch is for. Part of being the gayest like you get drunk and have cantaloupe and eat breakfast food at two in the afternoon. Yes. Yes, you get it. <laughs> God damn it. And on that disappointment, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. <laughs> if you like what you heard, if you like what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. Uh, it helps people find our show and helps us uh, grow in the community. And if you really dig this show, you can subscribe here at twitch.tv slash Radio. Um, or you can go out to our Patreon site, patreon.com slash Radio, and support us like our benevolent overlord, Aurori Fenrir. Um, all of the proceeds we get for that go towards uh, growing our show, cover hosting costs, pay for uh, cameras for these two knuckleheads. I don't know why I actually did that now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And, 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 and allows cool. us to, to continue to uh, just improve the quality of the show. I, I hope that... Uh, are weird, dude. You're weird. Yeah. Any kind of support, whether it's uh, emails, likes, tweets, or retweets, um, any of that, it's always greatly appreciated because we love interacting with you guys in the community. Um, if you want to check out the backlog of our uh, podcast, you can go to our website, phoenixstarradio.com. Um, and if you have questions or comments, you can hit us up on email, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. And make sure to follow us out on Twitter at phxdnradio. So, for my co-hosts, uh, uh, Tal is Marvelous and for Sarah Tomono, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you on the next one. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Middle Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltyofyearrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLinker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarlinker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.